This is an ABC podcast. Now, look, I don't want to say it was the happiest moment of my life. But it was the happiest moment of my life. That's the truth, dear listeners. Welcome to The Snack Back. I'm referring, of course, to the 8th of May 1999 when I got to appear on Red Faces, the national talent show. Uh, and talent is a pretty subjective word in that context. It was one of those shows where any man and his dog or woman and her cat could turn up and perform on TV with, let's face it, very little performance experience. That's what made it real. It was a blood sport. It wasn't like these modern talent shows or reality TV shows where someone already has a manager and then the manager arranges a spot on television and they basically have a record deal before the season's even completed. No, this was proper Aussies walking straight out of their house into a TV studio and embarrassing, disgracing themselves, but delighting the nation at the same time. That's what I loved about it. So this week, I decided I was going to bring back the old school talent show. You didn't need talent to be on it. You just needed a bit of fun, a joke, a song, a trick, and be prepared to perform that for half a million listeners on the Brecky radio program. What's that? Oh, you want to listen to my breakfast radio show? Well, you can do that via the ABC Listen app at any point. Thank you, random listener, for that question. But I'm going to be sprinkling a few of my favourite callers throughout the snack pack today for your merriment and delight. Thanks for tuning back in. Sammy J with you. Huge snack pack ahead. We're going to be joined by Tyson Whelan. He's one of those basketball hype guys who gets the crowd fired up throughout basketball games. I want to see whether he can hype us up here on the snack pack. Plus, Chanel Vella, Channel 7 star reporter, who's doing some great work on Twitter. But I'm going to drag her away from Twitter and the world of politics and ask her what she's been seeing, hearing and tasting. Abba, you might have heard of them. They've released new music this week. Some people love it, some people hate it, but you can't deny the fact that they are charting. That's right, ABBA are back after 40 years in the charts. I'm going to be speaking to an ABBA researcher and fan club member, Shanika Ranasinger, all the way from London, to find out whether ABBA have indeed still got it, or whether they're just coasting off the back of some fervent fans who have been pushing the ABBA cart for about 40 years now. First, though, it is time for a debate... An important debate, a debate for the ages. Floorboards versus carpet. I'll be arguing in favour of floorboards. And Claire Hooper, comedian, broadcaster, author. Really? You're really going to come onto the snack pack and argue in favour of manky, festy, stained carpet? All right, Sammy J. I'm just going to ask people, have you ever heard any of the following phrases? You heard this phrase. Um, I just need to check if my phone's still working. I just dropped it on the carpet. Heard that phrase? Have you heard? Have you heard the phrase? Um, Don't drag that chair in here; it'll scratch the carpet. <laughs> have you heard the phrase? Oh, it's so echoey in here with all this carpet. Better put down a carpet, Sammy. Um, I am arguing for the thing you use to fix the thing you're arguing <laughs> for. Okay? Have you ever tried to put a baby to sleep in a floorboarded room or snuck in late at night after working at the kitchen table until 2am without waking your partner? Have you ever had a really annoying old dog that likes to take a 3am trot up and down the hallway? That's that's what I mean. Basically, no, you didn't tell me. I wasn't listening to the rules. Did I have to stop? There? No, that's just the knockout blow. That just means I need a moment to catch my breath. You need to go easy on me. Oh, thanks. Oh, I'm standing thanks. here. I've got little twitty saying... birds around my head. <laughs> I, thought... <laughs> I thought you were saying you have to stop talking now. Good, no. because I haven't finished. Well, I'll get on when to you. When you own no. carpets, you don't have to own slippers. Okay, sorry. No, you can have a go now. Claire, 
Hooper, do you know what I did yesterday? What? I spent 90 minutes dissembling our vacuum cleaner to fix it following a YouTube tutorial because I need a vacuum because I got a room with some carpet in it. You don't need that for floorboards. Floorboards, you can use a tissue, your hand, a bit of wet paper towel. You can use anything you want to clean a floorboard, anything you want. You are in the pocket of Big Pharma, and by Big Pharma, I mean Big Vacu. Big Vacu, Claire. (laughs) Ah, well, I see your complaint about owning a vacuum, and I'm going to tell you you need to own a mop and a bucket, and I'll tell you what, it's heaps more annoying. I absolutely hate a bottom bucket, uh, which is why uh, in my floorboarded sections of my home, I will often just get on my hands and knees, as you've described, and scrape the dust balls together. And that's the very thing, you see. <laughs> no, no, look, feel free to uh, keep no, punching keep going, me. Keep no, going. no. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm enjoying this, your ding-dong. This is a really polite I'm... boxing match, but, okay, gloves are so, off right now. No, Have you yeah, ever heard right. the it's phrase, oh, if you don't mind, yeah, go on. <laughs> The dog did a wee-wee on the floorboards and my life is ruined. No, dog does a wee-wee on the carpet, your life is actually ruined. And if it's the other thing, then even worse. Um, That is true. Also, a vomit. Dogs are disgusting. I would not recommend anyone get one. I do love mine, though. What? I'm just dragging dragging the dog into the boxing ring as well and kicking that in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Not what we're arguing, but... No, you know what, Sammy J, I'm just going to say this. Your argument is so typically ABC. Mm. You know what? You mm. know, like just arguing how, for how beautiful and natural floorboards are. Isn't it so much better to have floorboards? Well, you, this is just typical left-wing, new-build snobbery, Sammy Aren't J. Aren't you, like, Not known as a gardener? Go, pop, you, your what, parents what? ran a nursery growing up in Perth. You should like bare wood versus artificial cotton fabric f- fibre creations. Yeah, I absolutely do, actually. And I feel like you've um, you've actually neglected some of the really great points of arguing for floorboards. If you don't mind, I'm just going to suggest a few to you. Bring a bit of nature inside. You know what I mean? You can see when it's dirty. When you have a carpet with filth in it, you have to smell when it's dirty, right? Um, when you you can mop up, you, do you know what you know what you need to say? This is how you win the argument, Sammy. All you need to say is, have you ever seen floorboards? And then you win, right? There's nothing I can say to that. <laughs> but, 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 how confident you are that you're going to do... Okay, Claire Hooper, can I hear one positive argument in favour of carpets right now? Or I will assume indeed that I have won the debate. Yeah, you can swap them out really easily. Swap out carpet really easily? Swapping out carpet is the most expensive, uh, horrific, hard thing to do. You can swap a rug out easily, Claire. That's what you can do. You can put a rug on floorboards and swap that out easily. Swapping um, out I'm carpet. I'm so sorry. Are you arguing in favour of rugs? Because I would say that then you are now arguing my side, okay? No. Because a rug is a carpet. Rug is not a carpet. Rug a does rug not require nails in the corners to put a rug yeah. down. Yeah, you thought this fight was too polite. A rug is a carpet. No, rug, this is this is a, a basic definitional issue. Are you trying to issue. rugs as your side of the Yes, argument? I am, because on a floorboard you can put a oh. rug. Clay, that's the whole point of why oh, people would prefer a floorboard. F- that was your final blow that you had up your sleeve, that a rug is not a carpet. <laughs> it actually was. Let me check my points. I've got carpet is disgusting <laughs> unless you put it in yourself. Cats can't use them as a claw sharpening tool. And carpet is so good, question mark, put a rug on it. <laughs> Claire, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I don't, <laughs> I've lost track of who's fighting for what now. This is the Sammy J Snack Pack. Please enjoy in moderation. Sophia in Camperdown, welcome to Brecky's Got Talent. What skill are you bringing to us this morning? Well, 
The skill is is to make sure that we all have a beautiful day. So hang on. <laughs> played live from a house somewhere in Australia. That is my sweet spot. Well, actually, I've got two sweet spots. One is people performing for me live from their houses, and the other is finding out about secret little societies and clubs out there in the suburbs that I had no knowledge of, that I didn't even know existed, and that I can find out about via the ancient art of conversation. So leading us into today's club, maybe I'll have a crack at my own talent show. I might I might have a go at rapping. What could possibly go wrong? Ten thousand people in John Kane Arena. Your heart's beating faster, but nobody's seen you because you're standing on the edge with the mic in your hand, looking at the faces of the players in the stand. Because sure they're excited, but now they need more. There's a game to be played. There's a battle in store, and the people have a passion that you need to set free. Welcome to the world of a hype MC, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for Ty? Son Whelan! Good morning, Tyson Whelan. Oh, I'm pumped. This Danny. is such a thrill. <laughs> what on earth is a hype MC? Oh, it can, you know, hype MC can be a number of things. In my in my context, um, I'm, I'm in basketball. That's that's my my background. And so, hype MCs. If you're going along to a sporting event, it's one thing to be in attendance, but it's another thing to be sort of enthusiastically engaged. And my job as a hype MC is to make sure that you are. You're loud. You're on your feet. You're stamping. You're clapping. You're cheering. You're chanting. I thought they only did this in America. Oh, don't be silly, Sammy. You need to get along to more sport. Um, yeah, you'll find me occasionally uh, with the with the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix in the NBL that's where I do my that's where I do my work in the National Basketball League um, love it being in front of 10,000 people and um, yeah if I can get you up on your feet next time you come along that would be a mission accomplished so in the in the artistic world I guess is the equivalent of a, of a warm-up act in a stand-up comedy gig offensive but yeah <laughs> <laughs> I take I take your point. Um, supporting act, yeah. I mean, look, but, but you're not a ba- you're not you're not a basketball player. No, are you? no. But um, you know, people come along to to get you know. And this is the thing: like, sport is an entertainment piece, and so it's you know, of course, you're going along to enjoy you know people dunking and stealing and you know amazing uh, athleticism. But it's an entertainment piece at the end of the day, and w- along with music and chants and stuff. But are you, are you putting to me that people are coming just to see the hype MC run? Rather than the sport? People have said that, Sammy. I think I would do that rather than the sport. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I started in a very small town doing this out in uh, central Gippsland, and um, people have come along purely... Uh, okay, this sounds very braggadocious. No, no, but go pe- for it. People have come along, you know, to just embrace an atmosphere that, you know, you don't really get in a lot of places. So I, I, I went to an ice hockey match in Nottingham once, and I remember I think they had something similar going on, and I was genuinely taken by it. Mm. Like, someone was not only working damn hard, but it was so fun in being in the crowd and feeling like we were being played like an instrument. Yeah, um, and, and this is the thing, like, for, for us, the biggest joy I get is seeing kids, like, absolutely go mental. And I remember, like... Being a kid, um, which 
for me was only a few years ago, Sammy. <laughs> um, started emceeing when I was in the NBL when I was 19, but I remember going along to sporting events. All I wanted to do was get up on the big screen and to be able to uh, now make those decisions about which kids can get up there and which kids can go mental and bananas. Like 2006 Commonwealth Games was I first fell in love with this idea of sports entertainment and I'm glad it's sort of come full circle now. Uh, you're into club, we are into club with Tyson Whelan, who is a hype MC for when you go along to a big stadium of basketball in his case and you see someone getting the crowd just totally razzed up he's the man doing it how hard is it like you must have to expend so much energy oh it's it's like driving home from john kane arena leaving the car park car park i take like the biggest deep breath at the end of it and it does it hugely takes it out of you and at the start of the season which for this year will start on november 18th i believe um my voice will be wrecked for days after the first game, the first few games. By the end of the season, I start my voice box gets used to it again, but it's this volume and decibels that is not a normal human thing. What are the tricks that you use? Like, are there certain go-to things that you do to try and, you know, force people onto their feet? Yeah, and this is the thing, like, it's somewhat reliant on the sport it's, and the game itself, right? You, you go with the ebbs and flows of the game. So if my team that people have come along to watch aren't playing well, then it's always going to be hard. But we've got, like, a, a college-style pep band in the crowd that we can use for, for that. We've got like those hand clappers to get people going. We've got activations and things on the screens and all sorts of stuff that really makes it a pretty all-encompassing environment. Do you do the, the camera stuff where it's like, you know, you've got to make people dance or kiss on camera? Oh, and dance stuff? cam, kiss cam, bongo cam, like put up a graphic of bongos and like people just have to go along with it. And so do you have to like demonstrate, like do you floss for oh, people? Of course, flossing, can you great floss? example. The whole fort. He's flossing <laughs> right now, listeners. Oh, That's me flossing, yep. Okay, Tyson, got talent. what I haven't revealed to the listeners, of course, you are also a producer on The Breakfast Show here right oh, now. Oh, yeah, I forgot about is, that. It's like your John Wayne and your Batman, Bruce Wayne, <laughs> rather. But, like, is it harder to get 10,000 people fired up at John Kane Arena or to get me fired up at 4.30 in the morning? Uh Probably you, I reckon, Sammy, um, because people go along with the expectation that they're going to go, they're going to have that thing. Whereas with you, Sammy, you know, it, it, every day is different, so <laughs> you know how you're going to come in. Okay. Today's been a good one, though. Well, so. can you hype me up right now before we say goodbye? It's the man with the most in his prime, spitting rhymes from Frankston to the big time, standing at five foot three, weighing in at, well, not many pounds. Make some noise for number seven, Sammy J. You're listening to the Sammy J Snack Mmm, yummy, yummy in my ear tummy. Your time starts now, Chris. Go. Well, what's, what's going on here? Hang on, easy tiger. I just, uh, I nah. just woke up. I You've got two things. tongs. Nah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, He's disgracing himself. What, what, what's going on here? <laughs> this is an ambush. No, nah, you're off. You're off the stage, buddy. You have a good one. <sighs> Well, it's been quite a time of it, hasn't it? And by quite a time, I mean the last 18 months of this pandemic that we are all struggling through. But some people are helping us struggle through better than others. Chanel Vella is Channel 7 state political reporter who's been making waves on Twitter with her very digestible and very reasonable and rational Who Wants Facts tweets. This is unlike most tweets out there in the Twitter sphere. She doesn't add opinion and slant and spin and anger to it. She just delivers the facts as they are, which has been quite refreshing, might I say. But getting far away from the world of pandemics and politics, Charnel Vella, Channel 7 state political reporter, I only have one question for you, and that is, what you seeing? Ooh, I love the way you ask that. I'm seeing. So during lockdown last year, I watched Drive to Survive, 
And now I'm obsessed with F1. F1? It is, yes. Like fast I'm, cars. Like really fast cars. Oh. And who would have, like, we've had the F1 in Melbourne for how many years? Never got around it. Now I love it. And I say to my husband almost every weekend and I catch him out, do you know what weekend it is? He goes, what weekend? And I say, it's race weekend. <laughs> And I love the races. I love the politics. I love the drama of it. There is so much politics in F1. You would have no idea. Between the, the players all, and oh, the, yes, the players, the drivers, sorry. The drivers, they are always mad at each other. Someone is always wants to yell at someone. Who's going to take whose seat? Who's annoyed at someone for almost <laughs> crashing into them? It is a whole world out there. And you've got, we had the, the, the Belgium F1 on the weekend. They only got two, two, two ra- races in, two laps, because it was raining so much. The shortest F1 ever. You had Danny Ricardo, who is just struggling in his McLaren, can I say, but he's trying his best, as all Aussies do. It was his what? first chance to get on a podium, and they were pretty much rained out. I'll accept it, although, I'm, you know, one eyebrow is raised. So, Chanel Vela, I'm going to have to go <laughs> a little bit harder for this next question. What you hearing? What I'm hearing are three different things. On the way home from work, silence. I'm hearing nothing. Nothing on the roads? I, I drive home in total silence, mm-hmm. no radio, no music, nothing oh. to detox. Isn't that like the yes. sign of a psychopath or something? It is. It is a total sign of a psychopath. I'm okay with it, but my friends think it's very strange, but I drive <laughs> home in silence. When I'm home, I'm hearing cafe playlists i type into spotify cafe music yeah and i listen to all the different cafe playlists while i'm pottering around my house because it's just easy listening it's easy inoffensive listening it is the best thing to look up on spotify you can get french playlists from cafes you can get pop ones you can get really jazz ones and no one's talking about covid in the 90s you know A hundred percent. We're not talking about COVID ever. The other thing I'm listening to is a great podcast called The Sure Thing. Have you heard of this? I have not. So weirdly, this sounds very like I'm into myself, but someone told me I was on it. (laughs) So (laughs) I gave it a listen. And from my court reporting days, it's about Australia's biggest insider trading case, $8 million of fraud. It was a story I covered um, in court, but that's not the reason to listen to it. Don't listen to it because I'm on it. Okay. It's actually an amazing podcast. You just happen it's to get great... bonus Vela on the side. Yeah, a little bit of Vela on the side. Okay. Uh, but two guys, friends from high school, and how they pretty much ripped off two of the biggest organisations in Australia, <laughs> and we're getting away with it for a while. It's amazing. Great. Okay, sure thing. I'm going to look that up. And in terms of yeah, insider trading, I, I need to note that you squeezed three answers into one question. I have grudging yeah. respect for that, though. That's some... See? Yeah, top-level work. So I'm going to come at you finally with the biggest, Correct. hardest question of all, Chanel Vela of Channel 7. What's your tasting? Oh, I'm tasting vanilla tea. It's my thing. There are lots of different good ones. I only really drink alcohol overseas when I'm in Melbourne <laughs> sober. So, Is it like a herbal tea or milky? Well, I put milk in it. There's a great one from T2. It's a little expensive. My tip, there's one at Coles from Madam Flavor, half the price. It's called Melbourne Tea. 
Why would it be called anything else? You are dropping We're brand names Melbourne. like the Channel 7 state political reporter you are, Chanel Vella. I'm giving you bargains. <laughs> I'm giving you the bargain option. So it is just incredible. It's my thing. I drink it nonstop on the weekends. It makes you feel just a little bit better inside. This is the Sammy J Snack Pack. Open with care. Here you go, Sammy. Here you go. Very well. What are you doing for us today? I've taken up sword swallowing. Okay, wait, that's two tongs. No, it's stopping now. Three tongs. No, you're off. It's over. Kev, it's over. I'm cutting you. You're off. Boy, oh boy, I should clear room in my inbox for the complaints. Enough of you don't like the sound of munching happening on the snack pack. I dare say you won't have necessarily enjoyed the sound of Kevin's sword swallowing, but I loved it. Yum, yum. I also loved Abba's new song this week. And I say that, well, guardedly, because I didn't like it at first, but I gave it another listen a few days later, and it really grew on me. One person who doesn't need Abba to grow on them because they've been pretty big fan for a while, is Shanika Ranasinghe, postgraduate researcher in the Department of Music at the Royal Holloway University of London. Shanika, big week for ABBA fans. i got to ask you, have they actually got new fans now, or is it just the old fans propping them up? Uh, well, no, there, there are loads of different uh, generations of fans, and that's partly what I'm looking at in my research, because obviously you have people who were there at the time, you know, they saw them on Eurovision or they saw them shortly after or heard them on the radio. Uh, so you have the kind of long-term fans who refer to themselves sometimes as oldies. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, people who kind of came in around the kind of early 90s. So we're thinking kind of Muriel's Wedding, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert and um, Abba Gold, of course. Mm-hmm. And they're called Goldies. Then you have people who... Uh, came to know ABBA's music through Mamma Mia, not necessarily realising that it was ABBA's music at first. Um, and so they're sometimes referred to as Moldies. <laughs> um, and now there's an even newer generation because you've got people, I know people um, even at my own university, fellow PhD students who say to me, oh, well, you know, I don't, I wouldn't listen to ABBA and I don't like Mamma Mia, but I really love Cher's cover, al- uh, Cher's cover album um, of uh, ABBA songs. So I'm not quite sure what they call themselves or what I should be calling them in my thesis. But um, Do you think that's sort of part of the shame of liking ABBA? Because you've written that back in the 80s, there was a time when it was just no longer socially acceptable to even be an ABBA fan. Yeah, well, they call them the dark days, um, the fans that I'm kind of working with, so the more kind of longer-term oldie fans, um, because a lot of people were bullied in the 1980s, or even some, um, I've spoken to um, an Australian fan um, who told me, um, she's younger than me, actually, I'm 32, and she's younger than me, but she told me that she was bullied at school um, in the 90s, and uh, that's happened in the UK, that's happened in Australia, so... Uh, there's something about ABBA, and if you look at the comments on my article in the conversation, the comments, there were people fighting at this very moment about whether ABBA are good or whether ABBA are bad or whether ABBA are so bad that they become good. And there's lots of very heated opinion on, uh, you know, whether ABBA are good or not and, you know, what fans, who are fans and who should be, not, why they should or shouldn't be fans and we things played, like that. Uh, we played so, their new song a week ago here on my breakfast program and we played it again this morning to let having let it settle in for a week and see if listeners, you know, had changed or grown on them because I've learnt to love it and as, as a general fan of ABBA, but some of the reviews, one says, uh, yes. this is from text messages, dreadful, it starts off like a third-rate school musical and doesn't improve. Someone else says, great song, much kudos to any songwriter who uses the word bewildered. Someone else thought, thought blah at first 
first, then it grew on me. What's your feeling on a personal level, Shanika? Are you a fan of ABBA in um, general? So, yeah, so I really love ABBA, but I'm from the kind of Goldie generation, so I don't have an ABBA collection as such. I don't... Um, you know, if you ask me, oh, what's what album was, um, even if you ask me what album was Mamma Mia the song on, I couldn't naturally tell you off the top of my head and I wouldn't be able to tell you what track number it is and things like that. So what I don't know. What album is the song Mamma Mia the from, shy, so. Oh, well, that's a good question. I, I really yeah. couldn't tell you. It's one yeah, of the yeah. early ones, the 1975. So, yes, yeah, <laughs> so that's the thing. So I don't have all the knowledge that the that the early um that the oldies do but you know i do have a very sincere love of abba and that's kind of what led me to do my research and my phd so um well I, it's a it's yeah. beautifully timed obviously phd and and the article as well and yes. like, I, I'm, I'm a peripheral <laughs> abba fan I, i'm a goldie yeah i had the, the best of and all that but yeah. it is, anyone can enjoy yeah. in the same way that i adored u2's resurgence in 2001 just as a come from behind victory what an incredible time to see them back in the charts with new music most definitely. And you were asking my personal opinion on the songs. And um, yeah, so um, I think my favourite, out of the two that we've heard so far, I prefer Don't Shut Me Down. But um, I know that's kind of a fan favourite at the moment. But I think sometimes, like you were saying, you need to let the uh, songs kind of grow on you a bit. Well, Mamma Mia, here we go again. Another Snackback is done. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, you can rate it via your favourite podcast app. You can catch up on old episodes too. You can tell your friends. And you can also tell them to thank Sir Ross Kavanagh for pushing all the button and stitching this together. Hey, if you're listening to the Snapback and you got any feedback, also jump on my Instagram, Facebook or Twitter page and let me know. Do you want more crunching or less crunching? Do you like the size of the Snapback? Would you like a supersized one or one of those little mini fun packs like when companies just reduce the amount of content and try and charge you the same amount for it? I am here, I'm all ears and I'm genuinely grateful that you're choosing to join me each week. Have a great week ahead. Chat soon. As is tradition, I haven't left the studio. I'm right here with one more snack for you. And this is, well, I've saved the best till last. Off the back of Brecky's Got Talent, we had a lot of calls, a lot of entries, but none more glorious than the impersonator himself, Mr. Ed Bunting. Get a load of this. Well, darling, it's Edna from Malvern. How are you, possum? Oh, I am. Aren't you a gorgeous little thing hosting this talent show? Oh, well... Sammy, this, are you there, darling? Oh, I'm here, Edna. I'm just delighted. Um, well, it's not every day that I take the time to call one of my fans, I'm sure. But I've been busy. How busy? I've been busy. I've been very busy dealing with the problems of the world. These world leaders, Sammy, they, well, let's be honest, they call me day and night for advice. Oh, hang on a minute. There's a very rude man. G'day, g'day, Sammy. Sir Leslie Colin Patterson here. How are you, mate? Pretty good, I've thank been, you, Leslie. I've been, you know, I love saying Patterson. It starts with a P, and I tend to dribble a bit onto people for the for the same reason. I love saying pandemic.